Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 218. Today is Tuesday, April 18th. Oh, 218 on the 18th. Sweet. Uh, it's 2023, by the way, just in case somebody's listening to us on a different year. Um, guys, we got a great show today. Uh, I am so excited to have this guest back. Oh, man, it's been a long time coming. Um, but also, guys, today's going to be a great show, really about um, how we as Christians should live. Um, it, and it's a very important message, uh, conversation, uh, especially for today in the world we live in. Uh, but also some things that we should run from as believers and watch out for. Um, and, you know, it's funny because sometimes I'll hear teachings that I'm like, been there, done that. I know everything they're talking about. And then the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes and I'm like, oh, man, that. OK. All right. That that was that that was uh, that was a shot across the bow. God, I uh, hint taken. We are going to veer away from that thing. So. Um, it, guys, it's just, it's going to be a great episode. I'm really excited. Also guys, a reminder that starting next week, Monday, April 24th, we are going to be going down to three days a week for two weeks. Um, while the team is in Israel, um, walking where Jesus walked, you know, breathing the air, seeing the sights, eating the food, praise the Lord. Can't wait to eat the food. Um, but we are going down to three days a week. Uh, we pre-recorded the episodes. They're absolute bangers, you guys. They're so good. Uh, we were really surprised. We're like, wow, man, these are we're these are going to be a treat for people. Can't wait. So that's going to be starting next Monday, April twenty fourth. We're going to be going Monday, Wednesdays, Friday, same time, two p.m. Pacific time, five p.m. Eastern time, but just three down to three days a week. And then starting Monday, May eighth, we are back at five days a week. Jet lagged, but happy to be back. And seeing your beautiful names. I was going to say seeing your beautiful faces, but that's not true. But seeing your beautiful names in the live chat. So that'll be great. Um, I think, oh yeah. Also, anytime you guys donate to ElijahFire.com slash donate, all proceeds go towards our uh, keeping this free at five days a week normally. Allows us the freedom to go down to three days a week if we need to. Uh, but then we also are uh, putting our money into the amazing water well efforts over in Uganda. So we're going to play a quick well spot and then we're going to get going. All right. Uh, thank you again for your guys' donations and your generosity. We love you guys. And you make all of that amazing stuff over in Uganda possible through your donations to Elijah Streams and Elijah Fire. So. God bless you guys. Uh, okay. My guest today, like I said, it's been a long time coming. Uh, for those who don't know, she is a prophetic voice. She is also the founder of Marriage of the Lamb Ministries. Let's give it up for my guest today, Kelsey O'Malley. Kelsey, hi. Welcome yes. back. Yes. I'm so glad to be back. Oh my gosh. I feel like, I mean, time has gone by fast, but at the same time, slow <laughs> yeah there have been several times kelsey where we're like looking and we're like oh how do we fill the schedule and i immediately was like let's get kelsey back and i was like no she's not back yet <laughs> happened a lot she has a baby yeah so yeah something wild and crazy happened which is why you were gone for so long and that was that you 
you bore a child. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I literally had creative miracle. <laughs> yeah. People talk about, oh, creative power. I mean, a woman birthing a child, it's literally birthing life. It's incredible. So mm -hmm. yeah, I've been busy um, with Luke. I we sent you pictures. guys a couple. Yeah. Send yeah, pull up those little pictures of the little oh. monkey. Oh, there's Luke. So yeah, he was um, born February 23rd. And he is such a sweet boy. Oh my goodness. Mommy and daddy just love him so much. Mm. So, you know, I'm busy. There's my, yeah. that's my daughter, Lily. And that's Luke. That was yesterday. So that's oh. a recent uh, picture. So she's yeah. been wanting to hold him and it's just so cute. Uh, so. Be the big sister. Yeah, yeah. Be the big sister. So yeah, I've been enjoying I, family time, big yeah. time family time. Yes. And everybody's probably seeing that picture of your daughter and going, yeah, that, that is Kelsey's daughter. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah, that's my Love Lily. It. Love it. So, yep. We've been quite busy, but my husband has been awesome. Um, such a huge help. And I've been getting to nap and take breaks and my husband's been taking care of Luke and helping with the kids. So mm -hmm. husbands out there, when your wife has a baby, make sure that you help because it makes a huge difference just to get a couple hours sleep is like, I mean, that's, that's what we want as a wife and a mom. Like, honey, I don't want flowers. <laughs> I, let me sleep. I, yeah, I want to sleep. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. been amazing. Yeah, I love I love sleep, and I have never had children. You know, Not so yet. I don't know what that's like, but I love sleep. It's amazing. So I'm known. Well, you would lose it. I'm sure. I absolutely would. I think that's I. It's like you know, going into parenthood. I think you just accept that as a reality, but I don't know that you fully understand it until you're going through it. Right? You can understand it in oh, theory, yeah. but yeah. I'm sure it'll be just like, whoa, I've never known. Well, it's like, like it's this. like a, a little bit of because without sleep, you're not functioning right. And it's it's a selfless act that you do as a parent. I mean, it's such the baby cannot literally do anything for themselves. Mm -hmm. They need help to be put to sleep. They need help to eat. They need help to be changed, burped. I mean, cared for, held, like all these things they, they can't do. So it's such a selfless um, time in your life. I mean, once kids grow up, it's still selfless, but there's nothing like the newborn. And I mean, you do lose sleep and you suffer. I mean, and from the outside, it seems like I remember when I first got pregnant and had babies, no one really told me the truth of, hey, Kelsey, it's going to be really hard and you're going to be really tired. And it's not going to be like you see in the movies because we see it in the movies or we see moms like, and all, you know, they boast on their children and they don't really share hard times because as humans, we don't really share our hard times. We only share good Highlight times. reels. Yeah. When someone yeah. comes up to you and they're like, how are you? You're like, Oh, everything's great. And We're you know, so even happy. though you may be, yeah. Even though you may be suffering through a sickness or you may be suffering through a loss or, Mm -hmm. Um, you may be sleep deprived and you may be a mom of three kids under three and you're just, I mean, you're exhausted and I mean, that's okay. That's okay to be like that. Yeah. And it's just a, a phase in your life. It's a time in your life. And with the help of Christ, you'll get through it and, you know, ask for help for other people. And, um, 
Yeah, but when you suffer, I mean, it's kind of people kind of romanticize suffering when they're not suffering. Right? Like Yeah. They do. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you think about suffering or suffering with uh with Christ. You know, Paul tells us, you know, hey, you're going to suffer, and if you want to continue on in the faith, you're going to suffer with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so there's times and we go through life whether it's sickness or loss or hard times, loss of a job. And we do, we suffer. And, you know, when we think about it, as we read the scriptures, we're like, oh, this is so beautiful, suffering with Christ. And, but then we do it and we're like, this is horrible. Somebody pray for me. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Kelsey, because I was watching a, um, a a reel of uh, a a speaker I follow and uh, he's kind of like a, just a, I think I relate to him because he's very like, just like kind of a dude. Like he's just kind of like, he's a skater. I'm not a skater, but he's just his demeanor. I really uh, jam with Ryan Reese is his name, but um, he was talking about suffering and he was, I think he was talking to a bunch of kids and he was just like, man, he's like, and he's just honesty in the moment. He's like suffering sucks sometimes when it happens. Yeah, I'm like, oh, oh man, here we go again. <laughs> but obviously in that process, it's kind of like with fasting, honestly, where it's like that process of denying your flesh. And honestly, the agony that happens as a result of denying your flesh and subduing your flesh so that your spirit man can come forward. To me, it's sort of the same type of mentality where it's like your perspective shifts a lot. And then suddenly oh, it's yeah. like, you know, when you're suffering, the only solace you're truly going to find is in God's presence. And yes. the same goes for, for let's, not, let's not make no bones about it. Same goes for f- fasting. The only solace I find is when I'm in God's presence you know, as I'm going through a fast, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's really, it's a time where you grow a lot. You grow a lot mm-hmm. as a person. I mean, you realize just, I mean, how much you can lean on the Lord. And you also realize too, that you're not perfect. And when hard times come, it really shows a side of you sometimes that you didn't know was there. It might've been hiding a side of your flesh that might've oh, been hiding, you Don't know, you when everything's that. going good, yeah. I'm, I'm speaking of myself, um, mm-hmm. you know, when everything's going good, it's, you know, everything's fine. But then you go through some hard things where, you know, for me, I'm up, you know, two, three times a night with a crying baby and it's a lot of patience and you're exhausted and it brings you to a breaking point and you realize like, I don't have as much patience as I thought I did. Mm-hmm. And Lord, you need to help me. And I know through this, you're teaching me through everything in life. God teaches us. I mean, all whatever you're going through, God will use it to teach you something about his nature, to teach you mm-hmm. about how you're not quite there yet because the beauty of the gospel and the beauty of the hope of our calling is that we always run towards the prize of our calling. We always look towards our hope, but we never quite reach it because when we reach it, we're transfigured. We're, we're, we've gone home when we reach it, yeah, but sure. we're always, we're always growing. We're always learning. Yeah. Uh, we're always being transformed. And yeah. so that's the beauty in life. Life is hard. But it's also beautiful in seeing that God works through all things, you know, for the good of those uh, who love him. And even through the suffering, God is working through it um, for your good. I guarantee that. You may just not see it right now. Yeah. And Kelsey, I think you being upfront about that and talking about suffering as it relates to raising a newborn, um, I, I think that I just I feel like there are maybe some women that 
that actually brought a lot of that took a lot of weight off their shoulders because maybe there has been shame in relation to I just built bore a child. There are people out there that can't have kids or they're, you know, whatever. And I should be happy. I should be mm -hmm. like elated the entire time. And I think showing that level of transparency shows like it doesn't take, does not take away the, the joy of having a kid, oh, no, having not. Luke in this case. But at the same time, there is a cost. It is costly, right? To, yes. to, to carry on, you know, carry forward your bloodline to raise up a generation <laughs> and all that that entails. Like there is a cost to it. Yeah. And when you're going through it, I mean, there's, there's nothing like going through something hard. I mean, when you're going through it, it is hard. It is not, it's not easy. It is hard, mm -hmm. but you go through it and each day is a new day and his mercies are new every morning and the joy of the Lord is our strength. And, you know, each and every day, um, God's mercy for my life is new. And to be honest, it's what you do in the time that you're going through a hard time. So what are you choosing to do? Am I choosing to wallow in my sorrows and say, I should have never had a baby? Or <laughs> what have I, I done? What am yeah. I doing? <laughs> Which with my first child, I definitely was like that because oh, really? I had yeah. gone from being completely independent to, oh my gosh, my life is over. <laughs> because, you know, you just, it, it was a total change. But now that this is my third, I mean, so now I'll be rocking and it's, let's say it's a hard night. And I mean, my mind just goes to the Lord and I'll say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me through this. Help me know how to hold him the right way. Help me know, is he hungry? Lord, help me know, does he have gas? Lord, help me. So it's like my mind goes to rely on God. So even in your times that are hard, you know, you, I still choose to do that because I could choose to, I could choose to be really upset and get frustrated because of crying or whatever, or I could choose to just talk to God. And, yeah. you know, if I'm up at night and um, in the nights I've been using the nighttime where I'm up just to pray, I mean, I'm up anyways. And right. so because I'm up, I want to talk to God and I want to grow my relationship with God. And I might not be in the word as much um, in this season of my life because mm -hmm. I'm just super busy right now. But I'm my communion with God, I feel like has grown even deeper. So in the times of, of hard times, just know that you have a choice yeah. to make it what you want to make it. So good. Um, if you're going through a sickness and maybe you're bedridden, I mean, maybe you're literally the, the doctor's like, you need to stay in the bed or you can't go out and you feel like I've lost my life and I can't really do anything. And I'm always sick or I'm unable to do this. Well, you can commune with God in those times and you can see the beauty in being in bed, talking to God, and you can see the beauty and you can look outside and still see that God's good. And we do go through hard times, but even though we go through hard times, God is always good. I mean, he makes the sun to rise and the rain to fall and um, he's so faithful. So come on, he's awesome. All right. So Kelsey, you have like a series of passages um, mm -hmm. and really kind of just like a, you know, a, a, a great series of topics. So I kind of want to, I want to let you just jump right into it and then we'll just do what we do. Okay. So we're going to start. Um, I just want to start in John 13, if you could pull that up, yeah. because what I want to talk about um, today, I'm going to be reading through some scripture and I want to be talking about staying away from pride and, and how pride is so 
deceptive. I mean, it, it's, it sneaks in um, and it, it is horrible. And if we're not constantly uh, checking our hearts and if we're not constantly allowing the scripture to transform us, um, we're really going to fall to it. And, you know, I've seen so many amazing people who I love and ministers who are powerful fall to this pride. And it's horrible to, to see because the character of Jesus is a servant. And so we're going to read through John 13. I'm going to read through it first with you guys. Uh, Jeff has it up on the screen, or you can get your Bible. This is the ESV version, by the way. And then I'm going to kind of explain it um, and break it down. But before I read the Bible, let's just pray real quick. Mm. So, Father, we just bless you for today. Lord, we bless you for all your goodness and all your mercy. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that he was the perfect example. Lord, I ask that you would open our hearts and open our eyes to see Jesus in a brand new, beautiful way. Lord, bring our hearts back um, to how he was the suffering, conquering king. Lord, I pray that those watching today, Lord, I pray you would bless them. I pray you would bless them through your word. I pray you would convict our hearts, Lord. Let us search our hearts, God, and and be still before you, Lord, and rightly examine how we live, God. And Lord, lay it on our hearts. If if there's any wicked way in us, God, that we would repent and we would return to Jesus. Lord, help us. Help us stay away from pride. Lord, help us be humble. Hmm. Help us walk worthily according to the calling, God, you've placed on each one of these precious people's lives. God, they are so special to you. Every single one of them has a purpose and a calling, Lord. You will strengthen them and lead them in that, God, but let them understand just how beautiful they are to you. Father, we bless you and we thank you for your word. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to read John 13. Okay. Now, before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. 
for he knew who was to betray him and was and that was why he said not all of you are clean thanks for listening the elijah fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner visit elijahfire.com slash give when he washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place he said to them do you understand what i have done for you you call me teacher and lord and you are right for so i am If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me, the one who sent me. So, this is beautiful, first of all, because, and, and all scripture is beautiful, but, you know, when we see Jesus in this place, this is, the, the context of this scripture is it's at the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. So this is, uh, they're celebrating Passover, um, they're in the upper room, they're, they're having that Passover meal, um, and the disciples, just verses earlier before this, the disciples are sitting around the table and they're arguing who's the greatest amongst them. And so here we see the disciples arguing and saying, I'm going to be the greatest. I'm going to be the greatest. And Jesus knowing that he's about to go and um, be crucified. Jesus, Jesus knows he's about to go into the garden. The wrath of God's going to be placed upon him. Jesus knows this is coming. But yet instead of Instead of taking time away and instead of revealing his glory in that moment, he kneels down to those whom just were prideful in their hearts saying, I'm the greatest among the kingdom. The son of God, Jesus Christ is the son of God. He's fully God. He's fully man. So God who is the word, Jesus is the word, spoke things into existence, the creator of the universe, God Almighty, takes off his outer robe, wraps a towel around his waist, fills a basin with water, bends down and washes the filthy feet of his disciples, even the one who was to betray him. And there's the beauty just in that, is mind-blowing that God Almighty would stoop down and do that and tells us no servant is greater than his master. And now when Jesus takes off his outer garments, you know, the Bible says that his garment was one piece because we know that the soldiers gambled for it. Mm -hmm. And we know it was, it was a nice piece of, of clothing that he had on. Um, And so he took that off and goes and wraps a towel around his waist. And it's interesting because 
when he came to earth, he took off that, that glory. He, he took that off Mm -hmm. and he humbled himself and he became a man. And the lowest job of any servant in any home back then, because they had servants and they had slaves, that was very common. The lowest servant was the one who had to wash the feet. So when they came into the house, that was a custom to do. The servant of the least was to wash the feet. And now it's not like they have sneakers like we have today and everything's clean and there's cement, you know, roads. And no, I mean, these people had sandals and they walked in the dirt and the dust. And I mean, they didn't shower all the time because they didn't have showers. So they had to go to the river. Like it's completely different than what we can even imagine. Mm hmm. And so he goes to each one and takes time. And I can imagine the Lord is not quickly going, okay, stick your feet in, dry. Like, <laughs> like oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not doing that. He's not doing that. I mean, he's he is down there and I'm I I can just see him like, you know, the text doesn't say this, but I can just see him like looking up into each one of their eyes, knowing all of who they are all of what they're going to do, all of how they're going to betray him. I mean, he's about to go to the cross and they all scatter. But yet, knowing that, still washes their feet, Mm -hmm. still takes the filth off of them. And, you know, for us, I think it's so easy for us to skip over this passage and be like, oh, no. No, that, that was nice what Jesus did. You know, oh, that was wonderful. Or we maybe we see like some foot washing at a wedding or something, which is, that's awesome. But this is so much more than that. I mean, he is literally tells us in the text at the end, servant is not greater than his master. And he says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. If I'm your Lord and teacher and washed your feet, you also ought to wash another's feet. And so being a servant is the highest call in the kingdom. We know that because Jesus tells us the greatest in the kingdom is those who serve mm-hmm. the lowest. So it's mm-hmm. a, it's really an opposite kingdom of, of the earth. Oh, the yeah. earth will tell you, you know, you come in as the CEO and they wash your feet. You're not washing anyone's feet. But Jesus came and he totally turned all of that upside down. And so... When we start to serve Christ and we truly understand the beauty of who Jesus is and all he has done for us and who, I mean, look at who he is. That is who you're serving. That is your master. That's who you're to be like. You're to be like him, be like the one who takes the least job, the lowliest job. And he does that job and he glories in doing that because He came to do that for us. He's the ultimate servant. He came and died for our sins, hung on a cross, took the full wrath of God upon himself so that we could be free. I mean, what a sacrifice, Mm -hmm. what love, what a servant, what beauty is Christ. And the prideful spirit that we all have as humans, because that's part of the flesh. The flesh is prideful. And if we're not watching what we're doing, we can easily fall into that. And we forget about taking care of others. And we forget about putting, esteeming others above ourselves. 
And we forget that Jesus is our perfect example. And we build our ministries and we build our platforms and we build our followers and we build our community, even at a job. Let's say you're working at a job and you're getting a raise and a raise and a raise and you're, grow and you're growing up in the company and you're forgetting that there's someone that might be a janitor there that deserves love, just like your high, high boss deserves love. And we forget in ministry, and I mean, I'm speaking to myself, and I'm constantly letting the Lord teach me on this, because I can tell you, when you get into a room with a bunch of people who are well-known, it's easy to sit at that table with them when there's 50 other tables, but there's this one table, and it has everyone at it, and there's a seat. It's easy to go to that table and sit down because you're welcome at that table. But yet there's a ton of people who God wants you to reach and talk to that are not at that table. Mm. And so it's the inner struggle of, Lord, help me be lowly and help me be a servant. And, you know, Jesus even says, um, you know, in another in, in uh, Luke 14, 7, he talks about the parable of where um, the the wedding feast, where they come um, and don't sit down in a place of honor. Yeah. He says, don't do that. But yet, I mean, I've, I've used this parable as cut me because the, the word of God is the sword of the spirit, right? It, it has cut me so many times. So in Luke um, 14, 7 through 11, um, Hold on, I'm Jesus it teaches up. us how to humble ourselves. And so it says, now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the place of honor, saying to them, when you're invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person. And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And so there's going to be so many mm. times in your life where this exact parable is going to come up for you. Yeah. and even in our own churches, you know, um, remember when Paul talks about they were taking communion unworthily mm -hmm. and how some would come and they would eat all the food and drink all the wine and then the poor would have nothing left and how there was groups forming. And I mean, I read that and I think, oh my gosh, that's like that. I feel like that's what happens at churches all the time. You know, like, we sit with the people we know and we're comfortable with and, you know, we don't want to reach out and welcome anyone else. Mm -hmm. We don't want to humble ourselves and go talk to maybe someone who's by themselves. This can be anywhere, you know. Um, Jesus calls us and tells us, hey, you need to go lower and you need to serve and you need to show my heart. And so when you're at church next time. Maybe you're used to talking to all your friends, but maybe you see someone who you've never seen before and they look uncomfortable. 
they're not talking to anyone, they're kind of by themselves, maybe even some of you like uh, youth groups, even this happens a lot in like youth groups, Mm -hmm. um, or even in college, even in classes, even at work, Um, be the one to go and be the one to sit next to them. Hey, are you new here? I mean, start a conversation so that you can serve them, you can make them feel love and accepted. You know, and the the amazing thing about when Paul talks about some of you take communion unworthily, how there's cliques forming among you and some are eating all the food. And it's like the poor weren't being even looked at because their class, you know, the rich were kind of taking everything and it's like the poor were neglected. And Paul goes on to say, that's why you're taking communion unworthily. And that's why some of you are falling ill and dying early. Yikes. And I think, let me see, I wrote that down if you want to look that up. That's in 1 Corinthians 11, um, in verse 29 and 32. So Paul says, some of you are falling ill and dying early because of this. And when we're not thinking about others, and when we're not serving others, I'm sorry. I mean, there's there's things that can come on your life when you're not being obedient to God's word. And when we're not serving God the way we should, you know, even Peter struggled with this. So we see, we see the disciples um, before Jesus washes their feet. They're all talking about who's the greatest in the kingdom, which is a prideful heart. You know, (laughs) who's going to be the greatest, who's the best, because imagine just for a second, um, you know, these men were unlearned. Uh, They say that they had like third grade educations. Yeah. So except for Paul, I'm not talking about Paul, but the disciples were, they were really untaught, unlearned, um, mm-hmm. you know, Jews. And imagine walking with Jesus and imagine seeing all, being closest to him and eating with him and always being with him and people clamoring over one another to come and see Jesus and you're with him. I mean, think about, <laughs> think about that. I mean, the pride yeah. that would come into your heart. Oh, man. I yeah, do a look back on that and just been like, oh, dude. Especially if they got more experience under their belt. They're like, oh, man, can you <laughs> yeah, believe? Of course, of course. Do you remember that one time we were with Jesus and we're all arguing amongst <laughs> each other? And then he washed our feet. Like, like they had to have talked about it later. They had to have. And yeah. that is the beauty of the example of Christ. Yeah. Is, I mean, he just comes in and wrecks your your party with his, his lowliness and his servanthood. And right. he comes in and wrecks that pride. Yeah. And that's what the Bible does. You know, when you read the Bible, it transforms your mind. It comes in and it wrecks that. Yeah. It's like a big wrecking ball. It just, it breaks apart your pride. Totally. And so I, we see I them. I have that verse, by the way. Oh, go ahead. Passage. I have the passage right here. Bam. Starting in 17, right? That That's the one. So. Is that what I'm? Is that what I said? Uh, 11, 17. I just 29, said 29. Think, uh, verse 29. Yeah. So for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body. Now that doesn't mean your actual body. That means the body of believers. So anyone who eats and drinks is talking about communion when they meet together without discerning the body, the body of believers without discerning means without caring for one another. So you're eating and drinking judgment upon yourself because you're selfish. You're not thinking about anyone else. You're thinking about yourself. 
That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judge ourselves truly, which that is the whole point of all of this, is for us to judge ourselves and see ourselves rightly according to his word, we would not be judged. But when we're judged by the Lord, we're disciplined. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your judgments so that we may not be condemned along with the world. And remember, guys, I talked a while ago the difference between judgment and wrath. They're totally two separate things. A lot of people think God's judgment and God's wrath is the same. They are absolutely not the same thing. God's judgment is for his children, Mm -hmm. is for those whom he loves. He judges, he corrects, he rebukes so that you would repent. Those who've not come to the saving knowledge of Christ, God's wrath is already upon them. They're already in wrath Mm -hmm. until they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. So to be judged is awesome. I'm so thankful God's a judge because it helps us come back on the right path. And his word is the sword. It's it's going to judge your heart when you when you read the word. I mean, it, it's a discerner of the intentions of the heart and thoughts of the mind. And so we see Peter and the disciples, and they're talking all about who's the greatest. And Jesus so beautifully, right after that, just he was a living illustration. I mean, he was a living example of the works he did was his message. And I mean, it's just beautiful. So then we see Peter later on. And um, remember when Paul talks about how he had to rebuke Peter? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that scripture? So it's in, um, let me find it. It's in Galatians 2.11. So Paul is talking about Peter. And, and Paul says, you know, when, when I came to visit the brothers at Antioch, Peter was there. And Peter, God bless bless Peter. So Peter is um, there at Antioch and there's Gentiles and he's eating amongst the Gentiles. And then the scripture goes on to say that when the Jews came, um, the circumcised Jews, that Peter stopped eating with the Gentiles. So he, he didn't want to, um, he, he, her, let's see, draw back. um, When, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned for before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he's afraid of those who belong to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. So we see again, Peter here, He's fine with the Gentiles until the Jew the Jews come. And then he's like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not gonna eat with the Gentiles anymore because the Gentiles were uncircumcised. And remember, the Jewish people, they a lot of the Jewish people still believed you had to be circumcised. Uh-huh. And so Peter went astray. And so as a leader, when you fall into pride as a leader, you take others with you. So Paul says, Others were led astray. Even Barnabas was led astray. So as someone who's in any type of leadership role, people are going to follow you. They're going to see what you're doing. Your life is set as an example. And that's what you have to remember is your life shows the gospel. Not only do you have to speak it, but your life is a living demonstration of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so even we see Peter here. After, you know, the whole, he's filled with the Holy Spirit 
Acts has already happened. I mean, the church at Antioch is obviously established and we see oh, yeah. Peter kind of fall. And I mean, that's because Peter is human. And so are we. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Well, I just look at this and I'm like, that's a very, I, I can totally relate to that. You know, where Me there's too. certain groups where you're like, oh, I don't want to make them uncomfortable or I don't want to start something. So I'm just going to kind of be agreeable and I'm just going to kind of yada, yada, yada. Like, I think a yeah. lot of us can relate to what Peter did in that scenario. Oh, Doesn't yeah, make it right. Absolutely. Does not make it right. And then you have right, Paul but... coming in, like rebuking him because Paul in front of everybody. Know. Yeah. <laughs> and, I don't want to talk to does, that guy anymore. He does in front of everybody. Yeah. Just he does rebuke Peter openly, um, which he should have because that was his brother. And, yeah. um, you know, he should have rebuked him openly. And um, I'm sure Peter repented and ate with the the Gentiles. <laughs> but, you know, it's so look at Peter. I mean, these are examples for us to understand that, listen, this is something we're going to be dealing with. Right. This is this is not just, you know, oh, everything's fine. You know, once I get filled with the Holy Spirit, I never have to worry about pride and I'm good. And no, I mean, absolutely not. You become more aware of those things. Absolutely. You know, yes. like, yes, yes, you're so right, Jeff, because yeah. he highlights it to you. He's telling you like, hey, you better work on this. Mm -hmm. And that's because he disciplines those he loves. Yeah. And and you know, pride is something that's going to come and it's going to be knocking at your door. And um, you have to learn how to choose to sit in the back. You have to learn how to choose to serve others and love others and think about others above yourself. And love does that. Yeah. Love doesn't, love is not selfish. Love thinks of others, puts others before um, themselves. It's long suffering. It's kind. It's patient. And that's exactly who Jesus is. He is so kind. He is so patient. I mean, he's so loving. I mean, just think about how patient he was with all his crazy disciples. I mean, so, so patient and so loving. Um, and, and we're called to do the same thing. And I also want to talk about, um, you know, serving because some people say, well, if I'm not in the fivefold, then does this really even matter, right? Is this even a message to me? Or is that just for people in the fivefold? And I want to say, absolutely, it is not just for people in the fivefold. It is for every single believer. Yeah. And I want to go um, to 1 Corinthians 7.20, but I'm reading this out of the message, Jeff. Cause just because I like um, how it said it better, but you the can pull it up right there. Oh, yeah. You're, yeah. you're so good, Jeff. You're so prepared. Kind of. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, First Corinthians 7 20 through 24 says, Stay where you were when God called your name. Were you a slave? Slavery is no roadblock to obeying and believing. I don't mean you're stuck and can't leave. If you have a chance at freedom, go ahead and take it. I'm simply trying to point out that under your new master, you're going to experience a marvelous freedom that you would have never dreamed of. On the other hand, if you were free when Christ called you, you'll experience a delightful enslavement to God you would never have dreamed of. Isn't that true? All of you, slave 
and free both were once held hostage in a sinful society. Then a huge sum was paid out for your ransom. So please don't, out of old habits, slip back into being or doing what everyone else tells you. Friends, stay where you were called to be. God is there. Hmm. Hold the high ground with him at your side. And so where were you when God called you? Where were you? Because God is omnipresent and God is there. Were you working at uh, Publix or a grocery store? Were you bagging groceries? Were you a teacher? Were you a nurse? Where did God call you? Because wherever God calls you, there's a grace gift that's going to function in your life. And that grace gift is going to be used through servanthood. So wherever you are, you can serve and you can love and you can show Christ. This is not just for, oh, well, it's only for ministers. No, I mean, wherever you are, we are called to serve. And, you know, the grace gifts, um, the grace gifts are talked about in the Bible. And, you know, the grace gifts are serving uh, one another and the gift of encouragement and uh, the gift of giving. And so there's so many different things that we could be graced with. But whatever we're graced in, do it for the honor and the glory of the Lord. Do it not unto yourself, because that's the key. Uh, People will say, well, why would you want to follow Christ then? If you have to give up everything and just serve everyone, what? why would you want to follow Christ? Because Christ did that for us. Yeah. What kind of love lays down his own life and comes to serve? What kind of love is this that God would, would lose his own life? He would die. He died on the cross for you. He gave his life. He went to death for you. He took on all of the wrath, every single drop of it was mm-hmm. placed on him for you. And so how can you not want to serve him and not want to love him? What great love. He loved us first. That's why we love him. So why? Why, why would we want to do all this? Why do we want to serve? Why do we want to be lowly? Why do we want to wash feet per se? Why? Because Christ is our example and he loves us and gave his life for us. And we in turn love him with everything that we are. Everything his word says is true. Everything he asks of us to do, we obey out of love. It's not out of some form of, oh, well, you know, I got to do this. No, it's because of his love for us and our love for him. Mm -hmm. It's because of a relationship. It's because of the beauty of what he's already done. Yeah. And when that, when that clicks in you, that you are serving God. So you're serving others, but by serving others, you're truly serving your master. Mm-hmm. You're serving God. Yep. And we're to do all things. We're to be great employees. The Bible exhorts us, be great employees, do all things unto the Lord, unto the mm-hmm. glory of the Lord. We're not doing things for the glory of man the glory of ministry. Oh, because, you know, it's on camera or no, that that's not why, if that's why you're doing it, then that's, that's really sad for you. Yeah. That's sad because we're doing it for him. Yeah. There was a season in my life, Kelsey, where I would walk into a public restroom and I'm not even kidding. God would be like, clean it up. 
And I'm like, but there's pee everywhere. <laughs> and he was like, clean it up. And there was a season, it had to have been a couple of years where I'd go into places and and I would do that. And uh, after a while, it just became a normal thing. I actually still do it. If I see like to- uh, paper towels everywhere on the ground and there's a trash can right there, I will pick them up and I will put them in there, even though it's gross, you know, you just kind of click it off and then just go for it. Um, But also I think too, like this talk about all this, like where, you know, serving other people, um, there is, there is a measure of having to fight against your flesh. There's a large measure of having to fight against your flesh when you're going to serve people, especially when you're going through a time where, you don't feel validated. You don't feel acknowledged. You don't like everyone knows what that feels like. Um, And then still having to say like what God asks of us doesn't change regardless of whatever season we're in. Those things still apply. That's the beauty of the scripture. And that's the beauty of, of, of what Jesus has asked us to do, because it doesn't matter if you're having a good season, a bad season, you're on a mountaintop season, you're in a valley uh, and you feel like you're surrounded by thorns and maybe even you're in a place where you don't have direction from God. You do his word. His word Absolutely. has given us the direction. That's why it says your word is a lamp unto my feet. Also, Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the word made flesh, yes. you know? So, um, so it, it, we have, um, we have direction, even if we don't feel like we have direction. Um, yeah. Which is amazing because it's like, all right, well, God, I, you know, you said this one thing and I feel like we're supposed to wait for that. All right. Got to put my hand to the plow. Where are the plows? Okay. This, 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 this. All right. Those are the things that I can, I can work in right now because your word has instructed me to do that anyways. Um, And I feel like as we go through this process, because sometimes it can be frustrating, you know, especially if you feel like. What Jesus has asked you to do and what your flesh want to do are constantly at odds with one another. It's like taking two sides of a magnet, two north sides or two right. south sides. No matter what you do, you just feel like they just do not join together. Um, but That's the amazing right. thing is that as you continue to adhere to the word and you continue to walk and what Jesus has asked you to do, suddenly you look back and you're like, whoa, dude, I'm my life is now closer to what Jesus has set up as an example for me. Suddenly you realize, and that lights a fire within you. It doesn't make it necessarily easier, but it lights a fire within you. Um, So if any of you guys are feeling that frustration where you're like, oh, it's like, no matter what I do, I just feel like I just can't don't stop. Keep going, keep going. Eventually that, that, that pride, whatever it is, is going to be burned out of you as you continue to set your gaze upon him. And you continue to walk towards him does not make it easier. But man, those Kelsey, I'm sure you can relate to this. There are times where I've done things and all of a sudden I just feel heaven rejoice. And it's like this thing where I had to like lay down my, you know, like whatever it was. And it's completely behind closed doors. No one else knows how frustrated I was with it. I'm just like, absolutely. Let's do it. You know, whatever somebody's pitching and you feel like it just was, you were ignored and whatever it was. And, and all of a sudden you hear just like, woo. God's like, that's my guy. And I'm like, Oh no, I just, this is really unpleasant. Like, let's just, (laughs) you know, I'm sure you can relate to that. Um, so yeah. And you know, the thing is, is when you get to the point 
of being dead on your mountaintop and being dead in your valley, you've come closer to to the Lord. Mm. Because really, mm. that stuff is always going to be in your life. You're mm. always going to have highs and lows. That is that this is a fallen world. And that is the way it is. There's hard times that come on earth, unexpected things that come on us. There's always going to be high, high times and then lower times where we feel like, God, where are you? Or, But the key is if you can die on the mountaintop, you can die in the valley because you you shouldn't waver if you're on a mountaintop and you shouldn't waver if you're in a valley because either one, Christ is with you. Christ is in you. Either one, Christ is there. Mm -hmm. And guys, it's his love that compels us. It's not because, you know, like you talked about, just keep pressing on. You know, we do keep pressing on because we're pressing on in him. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm doing all this for me, what a waste of my life and a waste of my time. For real. I mean, what a waste. But if I'm doing it for him, then even if I'm not seen, even if I'm never recognized, even if I never get a promotion at work, even if I'm the hardest working one and I'm the only one not getting a raise, or I'm, maybe I have an amazing resume, but I'm not getting hired anywhere. Even if I'm the only one that's not getting hired, I'm doing what I'm doing unto the glory of God. I'm right. not doing it for man. Mm-hmm. And there comes my satisfaction comes from him. And that's why I can be dead on the mountaintop and dead in the valley because dead to myself, I mean, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm yeah. talking about dead to myself, dead to yeah. my own glory, dead to my own boasts, dead to my own wants. It's him. I, I look at him and I do what I do for him. And that's that's why I do what I do. I don't want to do a lot of the stuff I do. Let me just tell you in ministry and TV and all this stuff, there's times where I'm like, oh, nope, don't want to do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm being 100% honest. I do not want to do it. I don't want to go in. I don't want to film. I don't want to shoot that day. I just want to go to the park with my kids or whatever. I want to stay home. And my love for Christ compels me to go and do that because it's mm-hmm. not about me wanting to do it. It's about lives being reached with the love of Christ, with the gospel right. of Jesus Christ. That's right. And that's why you serve. And if your servanthood comes from a heart of loving Christ and serving him and him alone, you won't ever feel like, God, I'm I'm just, I, I can't do this anymore. You, When you say that, you look at him and you remember you're handcuffed to Christ. You're a bond slave to Christ. And it's the most beautiful thing in the world. It's the mystery of the gospel. It's so simple, but it's so complex. Mm. It's, it's so, his love is so complex. There's so many layers and the Holy Spirit's there to encourage us. And as we walk with him, that is our goal is fulfilling what he asks us to do through his word. And let me tell you, you're not going to be popular when you live like that. Nope. Because it's popular 
to let everyone know everything you're doing all the time. It's popular to post on Facebook how you fed this person and gave this and prayed for this and this person got healed. And here's a picture of the 50 orphans that I gave. That's popular. But let me just tell you something. When that's not your reward and doing it for Christ is your reward, you could care less about any of that stuff because it's unto him. And when your heart becomes broken like that for the Lord because of his love for you, when you realize, when you get a revelation of the love of Christ for you, you can't help but lay your life down for him. You can't help but see the beauty in serving and in denying yourself and picking up your cross and following him. This is what combats pride. This yeah. is what is going to kill pride. When you see Christ for who he is, your pride's going to die because he's perfect and we're not. And, you know, God, God sees Jesus in us. And that's why he's, he's pleased with us because Christ indwells in us. You know, we're fallen. We're going to make mistakes. I, I make mistakes all the time. Like I get frustrated. I'll yell at my kids and then I'll put them to bed and be like, I'm sorry. I yelled at you. Like, <laughs> I mean, or I'll, me and my husband said get many a parent many times, or, yeah. you know, I'll say, I'll think something I shouldn't have thought, or I'll kind of maybe snap back at my husband or, or whatever. I mean, there's mm -hmm. so many things that I do wrong, but mm -hmm. you know, the blood of Christ continually cleanses me and yeah. the Holy spirit convicts me and I repent. That's being a Christian. That's following mm -hmm. Christ is a life of repentance. And this is something we grow in, but if you can get the revelation of why we do it and it's not for our own gain. Yeah it's for him. Mm -hmm. It's going to be much easier for us to walk in this life of being lowly and serving. And let me just tell you, no one around you is going to want to do this. This is not a popular message. Okay. This is not something you're going to hear preached on Sundays. This it's not a popular message. And I mean, a lot of leadership uh, that I see in, in big churches, it's, I mean, I don't know where they're serving. I don't, I don't even know because they do their sermon. They walk off stage. They don't even know their congregation. They don't pray for anyone. I mean, the, a, she, a shepherd is to take care of the sheep. Mm -hmm. You have to love and take care of those around you or you shouldn't be a shepherd. Yeah. If you want to be in ministry, get ready to, to deny yourself and love others and pick up calls and write back emails at 1 a.m. and people emailing you, I'm going to kill myself. Jesus doesn't love me. And you responding back at 2 a.m. Or, you know, this is the, the reality of giving your life away, but it's worth it because it's for him. It's It's worth it. And so my heart breaks when I see the pride that's taken over so, so many in leadership that everyone's here to serve them, but they serve no one. They yeah. serve themselves. Guys, we don't want to be like that. No, we don't, don't want to be, be like, like that. that. And if you're like that, and if you found that, man, this is operating in my heart, it's really simple. It's called repentance. Mm -hmm. It's called asking God and coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, I've been seeking my own glory. I've been seeking my own honor, Lord. Forgive me. Holy Spirit, help me to wash feet. Help me to serve. Lord, help me. Help me to love you. Help me to understand the love you have for me. 
I mean, just start to talk to God if if this is something and this is something we'll deal with our whole entire lives. I promise you this pride thing will creep up in your life in in many, many, many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it just does it. Maybe you maybe you have more money. Maybe you have a lot of money. And that's something that you kind of boast in. Um, you know, there's so many different things that where we can take glory. And I'm telling you, that's we're called to be separate from this, from the world. We're called yeah. to be different. We're called to serve Christ. And it's we're, it's not the easiest walk. You're going to have to let go of your life. Yeah. Put your hand to the plow and don't turn back. Let Let go. Give your body as a living sacrifice. Choose. Choose today. Choose today. Let today be the day that you say to the Lord, I'm sick and tired of living in the world and and wanting to be like the world and wanting to climb the ladder and wanting to be the most popular and wanting to be the most recognized. I'm sick and tired of doing that. And yet once in a while on Sunday, I'll, I'll help clean the bathroom or I'll help put the chairs up. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. Make today be the day that you say, Lord, you are Lord of everything in my life. Here I am. Take every part of me. Anything your word says, Lord, teach me to live by it. Let today be the day you offer your life as a living sacrifice. Let today be the day you come out from what's popular and you come out from what even you see in big um, church main leadership. Don't be like that. Hmm. And maybe you'll just have to serve and serve and serve. But let me tell you something. When you get home and you look Jesus Christ right in the face and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. It will be worth every single thing that you walk through. And that's the hope of our calling. And that's what we hold on to, guys. We hold on to that. And it's a hard calling. It's not an easy calling. But my prayer is that this generation would understand what it is to humble ourselves and serve God. Mm -hmm. My prayer is that there would be a group of people who denies themselves and washes feet and serves not to grow or not to gain an influence, but serves because they're so in love with Christ that that is what they have to do. They have to please the master because that is the love of their life. That is my cry for the younger generation, for the older generation, that Lord captivate our hearts and change us, God. Don't let us be like the world. Lord, don't let us walk in pride. Don't let us walk in and sit at that table because that's where all the good people are. Lord, let us sit at the table in the back because you're everywhere, God. You're omnipresent. You're at that table, but you're also in the table in the back. And Lord, you're probably more at the table in the back because there's someone there crying out to you whose heart is genuine and hasn't been hardened because of celebrity and fame and influence and money and following. Lord, that corrupts our hearts. Come back again to the cross. Come back again to Christ today. Let let today be the day that you say, I'm done chasing the things of the world and I'm chasing his word and I'm being obedient to what he does because he's worth my life. My life laid down is what, what Christians are called to do. My life laid down is my sacrifice to him. 
He doesn't want your stinky, filthy sacrifice that's full of you and pride. He doesn't want that. That's not a beautiful, sweet-smelling fragrance to him. It's a, it's a hard thing to choose, but once you determine to do it, and like Jeff said, each and every day you make the choice to serve. You make the choice to go sit with that person in the back. You make the choice to answer your phone and pray for that person. You make the choice to, to give money when, when maybe you don't have it all, but this person needs mo it more than you do, and you choose to give it to that person. Those, those things, those are showing the love of Christ. And I'm telling you, that is my absolute passion is that there would be a group of people who just, I mean, they just are humble. Like it, it's not that hard to ask for, but it's impossible to find humble hearts who serve one another and think about, I serve you, Jeff, but you serve me too. So people will also serve you because that, that we're a body. We're all ligaments. We're joined together. We're there for one another. We serve one another. There'll be times where people will serve you. Maybe you just lost a loved one and you're in grief. You need people to serve you. You need people to bring you meals. You need people to pray for you. You're, man, it's not the greatest. And there will be people who will come and they'll serve you and they'll pray for you and they'll love you and they'll make meals for you. And then maybe other times that's going to be you for someone else. But that's the beauty of the body. And that's what we're called to do, show the love of Christ. So mm -hmm. I just want to pray right now for those of you who really feel like, wow, I, I feel really convicted right now of, of the Lord that I've, I just, I've made it about me mm -hmm. or I've made it about something else. And so let's just pray right now and let's just yeah. ask the Lord to come and let's just ask the Lord to reveal our hearts and let's just repent wherever we feel like we've been selfish. So, Father, I thank you so much for your word. God, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you that the word is the breath, it's the ruach. God, it's inspired by your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you don't leave us as orphans, God, but you come and you correct us and you discipline us. Lord, thank you for the perfect example of Jesus. Lord, we struggle and we fall short so many times, God, each and every day. I mean, we struggle, Lord. We fall short. We're, we're not perfect, but your son is. So, Lord, forgive us for the times that we've fallen short or we've been selfish, God, because we've all, me and myself included, Lord, forgive me for the times I've thought about myself above others, yes. God. Lord, forgive me for the times that I've wanted the seat in the front because that's the seat to have. Lord, forgive me for that. Father, I ask that you remove all pride from my heart. God, continually convict me, Lord. Don't ever not convict me, God. Convict me daily of how I'm not living according to your word. Lord, let me see the beauty of Jesus. Let me see the beauty of all he's done, God. Father, I pray right now for each and every person listening that, Lord, they would come out from the ways of the world. They would come out even from the example of some in leadership, God. Lord, I ask that you would even 
convict those in leadership that have gotten into pride. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would convict and humble them, Lord, and they would return to your word. But Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters listening to this right now, God. I pray that you would be with them and you would strengthen them. And Lord, as they go lower, God, that they would see more and more of you. Because we can trust you, God, in all things. Whether we're going through a hard time and we're suffering or maybe it's the greatest, it's been the greatest time we've had in years. Lord, be with us. Lord, let us never stray away too far from your word. Lord, draw our hearts back into communion with you. Let us see the beauty of Jesus, the example, the perfect example that he is, God. Wreck our hearts again for him. Humble us again, God, and let us refocus on the end and the hope of our calling. It's him. It's nothing else but him. It's to stand before him one day and hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter in. Lord, that is one day we want to hear those words, God. We just love you so much, Jesus, and we thank you for your example. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. God, I thank you that we're one body and we all care for one another. We all pray for one another. Lord, thank you that each and every one is special. Each and every one has a grace gift. Lord, we need each other. Lord, help them know that they're not useless or they're not they're not uh, just sitting on the sidelines. But God, you've called each one of us. We're chosen according to your word. You said you've chosen us. You've called us out. We are chosen ones. Reborn anew, God. So Lord, lead them each and every day. Convict them, God, by your word. Be with them, God. Let them see the beauty of Jesus. Father, thank you so much for bringing us together today, God. We just love you so much. We honor you. We reverence you, God. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, mm-hmm. amen. 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 Kelsey. I have one one word real quick, and then <clears throat> we can be done. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, you're good. So the one thing God really laid on my heart was that there's people listening who they genuinely have been <clears throat> teetering on it's it's like a depression it's like a heaviness and an unworthiness and a worthlessness hmm. and it's it's because you hear encounter after encounter after encounter and you so desire for an encounter but it's it's not happening like i i've never had an encounter. I've never had, uh, I'm not a dreamer or I've never had a vision. Mm -hmm. And you just, you fight with yourself in this and it's, it's frustrated you and it's put, it's put a stop in your relationship with God because you're disappointed and you feel unworthy and you feel, why is everyone else having that, but not me? But let me tell you something. Encounters do not change me. 
I've had many dreams. I've had encounters. They, that is not what changes me. It is the, it is Jesus. Mm-hmm. It is his word that changes me. It's believing and trusting in him that changes me. It is not the experience. I can have an experience every single day and stay the same and never, never yep. change. So just know that you haven't had that. And that doesn't mean that God is not with you. And that does not mean that you're not called and you're not a, a given a specific grace gift from the Lord. That means nothing. And so I want to tell you and encourage you that don't fall into this. I'm less than because I haven't had some crazy encounter. Don't ever fall into that because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's no partiality. God does not show favoritism to Jeff more than me. Mm-hmm. God doesn't love Jeff more than he loves me. God does. He doesn't show partiality. He loves us both. So just know that you are loved and so special to God. And it's not based on any encounter. It's based on the Bible. It's based on what Christ has done for you. And so every time you read the word, that is him washing you clean. That is him showing you himself. You don't need some type of huge dream in order to be a charismatic, wonderful Christian. You don't need to have some, you don't need that. You need to believe what his word says. What did Jesus say to Thomas? Thomas said, Lord, let me touch your side. And I'm not going to believe unless unless I touch your side and I touch your hands. And oh, dear you kitty. And <laughs> what did Jesus say? Jesus said, blessed are those who believe but yet have not seen. And so I want to tell you more blessed are you for believing and not have seen. Yeah, more blessed are you. Mm-hmm. And so you think you're missing out, but the scripture tells you you're more blessed because you haven't had some type of supernatural thing, but yet you believe. So don't let uh, the lies of the, the enemy or others tell you, oh, unless you have this, you're not a spiritual person. That is baloney. And, and my experiences have not changed me. Yes, they've revealed Jesus to me. And yes, they, I, I find them in the Bible and they're confirmed in the word. But it's his word that transforms me. It's his love on the cross right. that changes my heart. It's his love that changes me, not not some encounter. So I, that's a word for someone listening. That's and, a word for a couple of people. I'm looking at the chat. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a couple of people that are like, whoa, that is straight up me. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And and just know that, I mean, there's been so many things that, that have been um, focused on. In, in that you have to have this or you have to do this and to be some someone special. And but we know that we're all special to God and we're all called according to his purpose. And each of us has a purpose and a plan. And blessed are you more That's blessed right. are you, the Bible says, because you believed and you haven't seen. Yeah. And so don't get in this secret place and go, God, if I could just see, spend time studying his word and then applying it to your life. And do what the Bible says. And let me just tell you, the favor of God is resting upon you already. It's the favor of God's already on you because you're a child of God. Are you born again? Then you're favored. Are you born again? If you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. 
are you have all things given unto you already. Peter mm -hmm. tells us you've been given all things already. You have a glorious inheritance. Guys, forever you will dwell in heaven. Your body will be transfigured. No more sickness, no more disease, no more grief, no more sorrow, no more tears. Forever with the Lord, forever set free from sin forever, for free. That is the gospel. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is, if that doesn't get you pumped up more than some encounter that, by the way, those 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 uh, begin to grow fleeting as time goes on. I, I can never remember. I remember them, but not crisp like I did right when it happened. Because as time goes on, you know, it's like those things, yes, they're wonderful, but there's nothing like the Bible. There is mm -hmm. nothing like the living word of God. Absolutely nothing mm -hmm. like it. So be encouraged. Um, be encouraged. Yeah. You don't need that to be, you know, someone in the kingdom. You you just need Jesus. That is who you need. You need mm -hmm. him. And if you've accepted him in your heart, that is the most supernatural experience uh, that we will ever have. Yeah. We're totally a new creation. Come on. Yeah. And I, something that I say, I, I've said um, in conversations in the past with people is, Look, like there are amazing encounters I had with God or amazing moments of provision and all those mm -hmm. things, witnessing healings. The high that comes from seeing those things has completely faded. Yep. Um, but yep. I, so I always say the most powerful thing is to see a life transformed. Yes. That to me is more powerful to see, you know, it's like I was one way and suddenly I was not that way anymore and, and and it's because of what jesus did in my life yes so yes. seeing that so i get a, a lot i always joke i was joking my head and call a lot of my guests that are on the x-men uh <laughs> we we're all we were all x something you know whether it's an x adulterer x uh drug addict an x alcoholic yeah. x liar homosexual, yeah. x liar you know, mm -hmm. we were X something, you know, and now yeah. we're something new. And yes, and that's the beauty of the gospel. And that to yes. me is more powerful than any, any one encounter. Absolutely. A lot Absolutely. of the people listening can, would agree that it's like, yeah, those things are amazing. They are, but they don't sustain, right? They're great things. No. God is just like, boom, here, boom, I'm here, boom, I'm here, you know, but they don't sustain you like seeing your life transformed to look at your life. And it's like, and any of you guys who are like, I've allowed Satan to come in and tell you, you don't have a testimony is just ridiculous. It's absurd. And that's one of the ways that Satan comes in and is just like, like, how were you before you met Jesus? Who is Jesus to you now? And if, if you guys can articulate that Mandy Woodhouse is great about pushing this forward, but it's like, if you guys can articulate that, you have a testimony. Every single one of us has a testimony. So you have to. If you don't have a testimony, you need to question your salvation. Yeah. If there has been no change in your life since you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there has been no transformation in you whatsoever. You still live exactly the same. There's been not any changes. I would say to you, you 
you need to read the gospel and you need to repent and give your heart to Christ. Because when Christ comes into your heart, all things are made new. And let me just tell you something. The sky's bluer. The grass is greener. You go and apologize to people that you've done wrong. You you look back on your life and think, how could I have done that? Oh my gosh, I was such a heathen. Like, you know, you there is change that comes to you when the power of the gospel comes into your heart. You're not the same. You are not the same. And you have a testimony. And that is your testimony is the change in your life. There's no, Mm -hmm. like you said, it's a beautiful testimony. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful testimony. And let me tell you something else just real quick is that when you see miracles and healings and signs and wonders, it's awesome because it represents the the wonder and the majesty of Of God. It it shows his beauty. But at the same time, you don't want to become familiar with that with with a God that you don't even know in Scripture. Hmm. So so if you're not studying Scripture and you're not knowing Jesus through His Word, but you're only knowing Him through your your dreams or or your encounter or whatever, you're you're off balance. You have yeah. to be balanced, and you're off balance. And what happens is you become very familiar with God. Like God, you know, oh, that's my homeboy. No, he's not your homeboy. He's yeah, God I Almighty. That trend. Yeah. I mean, he's he's not. He is he is God Almighty. He's the creator of the universe. And he you reverence him, you reverence him, and you have the a healthy fear of God. And and you know Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God. And if you just go off experience, what I see is that people, oh, and this is the other thing, like, oh, this person got healed. Oh, yay. Oh, that's exciting. Good for you. It's like, it doesn't even phase you. I mean, how, but that's what happens to your heart when you don't have the word in it. It becomes mm. hard. And it, it, you become very familiar with God in a way that you stop reverencing him because the sword of the spirit isn't working in your heart. Isn't rebuking and correcting. And you're just, you know, so just know too, that experiences they're wonderful and and God is supernatural and he is all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit for today all the fruits of the Holy Spirit God is amazing he still heals uh, he does miracles all of those things yes absolutely but we we don't want to say that that's the only thing that we know of God right yeah amen you know Come you on. you want to be able to look to the cross and you want to be able to remember the preciousness of the blood of Jesus that was mm-hmm. shed for you. And you yeah. want to know that he washes feet. You're called to wash feet. If you guys um, don't know where to start in the Bible, read the gospels over and over and over again. It is literally the words of Jesus. I mean, read the sermon on the Mount over and over and over yeah, that's again. Gnarly. Yeah. I mean, it will really get <laughs> turn the mirror on you. Be like Looking in the mm-hmm. mirror. How am I doing? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's beautiful though. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kelsey, how can people follow you? You're back in action. How can people follow <laughs> because you? It, because it's five o'clock. So my, um, okay. Well, let's see. You can follow me on Facebook, um, uh, Marriage of the Lamb or Kelsey O'Malley. And that's pretty much where I just regularly um, post. I do do women's meetings. I'm hel- I'm kind of holding off for now just because of the baby mm-hmm. and you know it's nighttime so that might get started up in a in 
maybe later. Um, but you can go to my YouTube and you can find um, <laughs> who is that? What's your cat's name? It's Lulu. 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 Oh, so cute. Yeah, she's not happy. She's I play because uh, she loves jumping on my desk. And she'll like chew on cords if I don't. I put on uh, like <laughs> birds or mice on YouTube. There's actual like YouTube things for cats. So she sits there and just like watches them forever. So she's getting a little. <laughs> oh, testy. you're a good kitty dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, Here, watch the computer. I've, I've, it's like yeah. it's like parents with the iPad. You're oh, like, yeah. Here, watch the iPad. <laughs> yes, yeah, sit down, stare at the iPad. Yes. Here, sit, watch the birdies. Watch, watch the birdies. birdies. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Hi. Well, Kelsey, so good to have you back. Oh, so I'm good. so glad to be back. Yeah. But we're happy you could take the time to get some time with the baby, baby Luke and all that. So. Yep. Thanks for yeah. having me, Jeff. A absolutely. And she'll be back on Elijah's dreams before you guys know it. So yeah. um, that, that's our show. Everybody have a bless. I'm trying to pacify my cat while she's, she's, <laughs> not having it i'm talking to someone else besides her right now um uh but everybody tune it okay we're going down okay sorry <laughs> sorry everybody all right <laughs> this is crazy that is our show have a blessed tuesday tune in on wednesday tomorrow we've got uh krista elisha back for part oh, two of yay. two of her teaching series which is jezebel leviathan and python oh my so, um, yes, it's actually called that. Term. I was like, what in the world? Yes, it is actually called that. <laughs> it is Crystal Elisha after all. Um, so, yeah. uh, really just providing some context. We set the foundation of what principalities are. So if you guys have not checked it out, go watch that, catch up on it. Cause, uh, tomorrow's is going to be supercharged, really diving into what the Jezebel spirit is, Leviathan, Python, all those things that we mentioned. Um, so we're going to be talking about that. It's going to be really great. So it's going to be at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also, ElijahFire.com slash donate is how you donate. All proceeds go towards keeping this free and accessible for you guys. And we really appreciate those donations. So God bless you guys. And we'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Krista Elijah. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.